Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining us right here on Tuesday night. It is episode number 16 for your Tuesday, October 3rd, 2023. I'm your host, JD, from New York. As always, joined by my very good friend and co-host on Tuesday nights, Andrew Baydala. Tuesday night, Titans, the biggest trader in the entire community, man. What's going on, bro? I know. <laughs> Drew, Drew's leaving me for uh, his own show, man. He's just going to call it uh, Solo Night Titans. Yeah, uh, that won't happen. I told you the plan, and I am a man of my word, and I will stick to it. Just like AEW is sticking to the plan. Uh, I don't understand why there is so much controversy and uproar about what happened this past Sunday. It's good for the industry, boys and girls. I don't know, man. He's a traitor. He's a sellout. He's a... Uh, Benedict Arnold, whatever else these young kids are uh, throwing out there on social media. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. They even yeah. complained, bro. They even complained that he came out to Alter Bridge, man. Like, what are you? What the fuck is wrong with you people, man? We're going to get into all that, man. He gave an explanation on why he came out to Metalingus, why he joined AEW, what he wants to accomplish with the rest of his career, the fact that there was nothing for him in WWE. And, you know, a lot of us thought that it was going to be a part-time gig, this ain't no part-time part -time gig, man. It's a full-time gig over here. Yeah, and I think that's what Adam Copeland, Edge, formerly known as Edge, uh, the Rated-R Superstar, wanted. Um, and, I, I, you know, I said this a couple times on this show. Uh, first of all, our show is the best show, bar none, in the game. But we told you on Tuesday what I thought and believed and had heard was going to happen. Yeah. Adam Copeland showed up, and realistically – he said it in his press conference, his media scrum. Adam Copeland said he wanted to be full-time. He didn't want to do the part-time schedule, and WWE really didn't provide him with anything else besides that. I'm not taking away from anything he did, he being Adam Copeland, when he returned in 2020. But I will tell you the last 8 to 12 months, it was flat for me. The Sheamus match was great. His farewell in Toronto was great. Edge put over a lot of talent in WWE, but let's not mistake this. Edge was horribly mismanaged those last six months, my opinion. He, he, he was, and, and Judgment Day felt like a great thing. We're going we're to get into all this stuff. The, the Judgment Day, uh, led by Edge, it seemingly ended uh, as quickly as it began, and there are reasons for that. Um, you know, I think he peaked as far as his return drew with that uh, WrestleMania match against Brian Danielson and Roman Reigns. After that, it was pretty much downhill. Yeah, and you know what, like, after the Orton injury and everything else like that, I mean, the you know, when he won the Royal Rumble, there was a lot of things that Edge did when he returned. First of all, his catalog and his matches before this were second to none. I'm a huge Edge fan, Adam Copeland. And again, uh, I think it's strange, the, um, like, flag planters for either company. It's just, it's stupid at times. It really is. It's nonsensical. Uh, and I'll give this, this is the best example I can give here. It's like when a musician 
leaves a label and goes to another one, right? We're all like, oh man, his, his or her music or the band might suffer, right? But as fans of that artist, that performer, we are going to follow and watch what they do or what he does somewhere else. We might not like it. We might love it. We might like it better than what he did before. It might be a whole new genre of stuff that he does in the music industry that we didn't think he could do because it's with a different label. He gets to express his creative and artistic freedom. Yeah. You guys are killing the vibe yeah. online with the whole, like, what a traitor. Can't believe he came out to Metalingus. Can't believe you think you know him, all this other stuff. Why don't you want Adam Copeland? Why don't you want, formerly known as Edge, to be happy? There's so much talent over there that he hasn't even touched. It's going to be fantastic. And if it's not, then it's not. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, that's a good analogy, man. You know, it, it, um, it's not the same thing because, uh, you know, he was fired from the band. But it, it almost kind of resembles Dave Mustaine uh, leaving Metallica to go start Megadeth. And, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, fuck Megadeth. They're nothing but a Metallica ripoff. And, you know, you got your Metallica fans and you got your Megadeth fans. Some people think what Dave Mustaine does with Megadeth is better than what, you know, James Hatfield and the rest of the guys do with Metallica. It's the same fucking thing. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're both getting, we're, we're all getting, you know, these two bands and we're getting fucking kick-ass music from both sides. It's like, Listen, it's yeah. like, why? Why are you arguing when you're getting, the fans are benefiting? I, I will never understand it. I liken the analogy of Dave Grohl, okay? People love his stuff in Nirvana, right? And then Kurt Cobain, unfortunately left this earth and Dave Grohl decided, okay, well I could either try and do something here with the whole Nirvana pieces, or I got to go do my own thing. And he went and did his own thing. And some people will say Dave Grohl never saw the heights that he will ever see again that he saw in Nirvana. But I would say the Foo Fighters and Dave Grohl are pretty damn successful. So I think that edge is going to have Adam Copeland is going to be remembered and revered in both companies for what he is going to do. The stuff in WWE that he did, his body of work, is almost untouchable, truthfully. The stuff that he did, the stuff that he accomplished, he being Adam Copeland, I, I truly, it is, it is a masterclass of professional wrestling and sports entertainment. And he will go over now, Adam Copeland, to AEW and hopefully accomplish the same thing, which I think he will. And I will tell you the best version of Adam Copeland is Adam Copeland and the rated R superstar. Yeah. We are going to see that. You couldn't see that on WWE's programming. They have moved past that. Mm -hmm. Trust that, me. Uh, that be that's also another good analogy, man. Dave Grohl. He, where, where would he have been in Nirvana, drumming for Nirvana? His musical, you know, I guess, kind of IQ and his, uh, his uh, imagination, his, uh, his feeling would just be stuck in one place when he started the Foo Fighters and he, he did his own thing. Doesn't, doesn't he drum? Doesn't he bass? Doesn't he guitar? He does everything. He sings, right? He, look, look at his musical horizons. Like, he's, he's so much a better person now than he was, you know, all those years ago. So that's the same thing with Edge. Chris like, Cornell. He, Chris uh, Cornell. Another one. I mean, Garden, one of the best singers ever. Slave. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and uh, I can't remember. The, one of my favorite guitars from Rage, Tom. I can't remember his name. Rage Against the Machine. Uh, Tom Morello. Tom, Tom Morello. Yeah. He was an audio slave, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it's okay. The Edge is an art. Adam Copeland is an artist at heart. The, the man is a lifelong wrestling fan, and he wants to go paint on a new canvas. It, Shut yeah. up and I, I enjoy know. what he's doing. Yeah, Do you, you know, get paid a boatload of money? 
You goddamn right he did. <laughs> yeah, he did. Fuck that, man. He's uh, his family's uh, well off. And, and another thing, before we get on to the discussion, you know, you know, Alterbridge is three fourths of Creed, right? So, yeah, no shit. So, so I mean, if you enjoy Creed, you enjoy Creed. I prefer Alterbridge because they're a little bit more my style. But it's the same fucking. It's the same band. Oh, I don't like Alterbridge. It's the same fucking band. I mean, yeah, Mark, Mark Tremonti wrote everything over there, and he's writing everything over here. So what's the problem? Their look musical at, horizons yeah. are so much better, man. It's this. Look at it. Look at Aaron Lewis from Stain. Yeah. He went from Stain to a country act. Yeah. Come on, Who guys. Who's the blowfish? <laughs> we could sit here and fucking make musical analogies all night long. It's 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 so stupid. Hey, I don't understand why I'm not support. I, I can't support Adam Copeland. Ed, she left my. That is the stupidest shit I've ever heard. Realistically, it's the man a- is going to go work with a boatload of talent, young talent, and he gets. Here's the other thing. Okay. The man wants to go out on his terms with his best friend they are living a dream literally a dream adam and jay are living out their childhood dreams and you all want to shit on it it's unbelievable man listen we're gonna get into all this you know this is just the beginning uh thank you guys for joining us we're 1300 people we haven't even hit the discussion yet follow drew on social media at andrew baydala follow me on social media at JD from NY206. Please hit that thumbs up. The Super Chats are coming on in. We'll hang them, uh, hang out with you guys and read through them at the end of the show. And if you guys want to go and check out any of the content that I've supplied with you on the channel, there was plenty of it. It's going to be another busy week, another pay-per-view weekend, and uh, it's going to be a big one. So make sure you guys go check all of that out. Uh, Drew, I'll leave it up to you as always. What are we starting off with here, man? Well, I mean... We're going to get back to Edge and Adam Copeland. I think that's going to be like the, you know, the main event, right? The main course. I want to talk about MJF. I want to talk Mm -hmm. about what he said in his post-show scrum about the wrestling business. Because I like MJF a lot. And when he said what he said, I thought to myself, holy shit. First of all, he's a Long Island guy. I've had my problems with what he did, staying in character with kids. Yeah. But, but. It was funny, man. Come on. No. Um, (laughs) But I will say Max hits every chord that I want him to as a professional wrestler, and I have so much respect for him. And what he said at the post-show scrum, I was like, holy shit. I was like, Max is so far ahead of some of these younger cats in this business and everything else like that. Like, he gets it. He just gets it. I knew he got it, but then when he said what he said, I thought to myself, wow. And the, fu- totally and the funny does. thing is, bro, he's only going to continue to get it. That's the scary oh. thing. <laughs> that's the scary part of it. That's he's this a, good now. That's the biggest thing. I've said this a million times. Tony, if you're watching this, first of all, I have to do this. I forgot. Tony, I owe you an apology and a big one. I do. Oh, and I'm a man of my word. Tony Khan, I apologize for saying Wrestle Dream. I should have gave Wrestle Dream a chance to build before I shit all over it and said, this is just going to be like forbidden tour. Uh, if it was going to be forbidden door two, you could miss me with this whole pay-per-view. I apologize. Cause it was nothing. It was no new Japan versus AEW, anything else like that besides Sabre jr. And Brian or uh, Brian Danielson, which was fantastic, but I owe you an apology because it was nothing like that. And the matches and the stories and the builds were fantastic. So there's your apology for me. I'm a man who can apologize. I will say this though. Um, Man, MJF, like, this is the guy. If AEW loses him to WWE, shut it down. Truthfully, 
Shut it down. That's the biggest. Blow, I, that's the biggest blow the company will suffer for sure. Everyone was up. Oh, look at Jay. Look at Pillman Jr. They're peacocking mm. and strutting and clucking. I'm going to tell you this right now. If WWE gets MJF, game over. Yeah. yeah. Game over. AW should back up the Brinks truck. Maybe even give him a piece of the Jaguars. Maybe even Fulham. I'm just saying, Tony. Don't lose that because you want to talk about a cash cow. Moo. That's your guy right there. That's your guy. I just mood on a on a show, just so everyone. Well, knows. what did he say? What did he say at the scrum? He said that pro wrestling has become something where people or entertainers need to absolutely like destroy their bodies and do things for a reaction, a move or something. That that's not the art of professional wrestling. And he's a hundred percent right. He said that you know to, we've we've um, basically like hoard out our bodies. It moves in different spots so that we can get a reaction from you. And that's not that's not the art of professional wrestling. And man, he's hundred percent correct. I agree with that. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. He said wrestling was going backwards and he's looking to take it back to where it needed to be because it was just move set after move set after after spot after spot after spot after spot to keep building. And he's like, I'd rather try and elicit a reaction. He didn't say this exactly, but this is what I'm he said, I'd rather, but he didn't say this, but he's basically insinuated that I'd rather try and get a reaction over a headlock and try and build and everything else like that, rather than doing a swanton off a ladder onto a, a, a table is basically what he's saying. And he's right. And he's the, right. the funny thing is, if he wants to do that shit, he can do it. You know, he doesn't, you know, he he's done things in the ring that when he's pulled it out of his pocket, it's like, Holy shit. I didn't know he can do that. But he he's done moonsaults, he's done backflips, he's done whatever the fuck he needed to do to to wrestle whoever style he needed to kind of emulate in the ring. And, you know, the best example is the one that he gave on Sunday night when he went out there against the Righteous and on the pre-match promo, he looked at Dutch, who's every bit of 300 plus pounds as anybody on that entire show, and he says, I'm going to body slam you, you fat son of a bitch. And he built up the body slam to a point where that shit got a standing fucking ovation when he actually body slammed Dutch at the pay-per-view. That's yeah. the simplistic fucking, you know, way that I look at it and I appreciate it because nobody thinks that way. But, you know, what is old is new again. And MJF is bringing back what is old and making it new because that shit still works. Yeah. And he said this. He said, uh, all I'm saying is. Uh, simple is nothing I do is a gimmick. I believe professional wrestling in all shapes and sizes is important. It's all different flavors of ice cream. But I also believe, for my two cents, if you could do what I do and get that reaction, I think it's much harder than doing a triple indie whatever the fuck. <laughs> Obviously, they're going to clap. It's insane. You can make them absolutely freak out and have a damn near panic attack when you do something. To me, that is professional wrestling, and everybody's thoughts on professional wrestling is different. And I'm really, 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 really proud of all the flavors of ice, all the flavors of ice cream that we showed on tonight's card. But he also said, um, he referring to Alvarez, you said the match was incredible, but it was a gimmick match. And I would like to, no, 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 I didn't tell you to speak. Here's what I'm going to say. I feel professional wrestling for an incredibly long time went south. In my opinion, I think people decided what they absolutely needed to murder themselves or their opponents to even try and getting over to get a win. All they were considering was trying to get a cheap pop or a cheap, a cheap reaction. So there you go. There you go. I mean, his words exactly. He's not, he's not wrong. You know, uh, you know, people fucking killing themselves in these death matches on the indies. You're going to remember it for the fucking five minutes that it was then. It's not going to be a lasting memory. Uh, MJF is in the boat of he wants to create lasting memories and he wants to uh, leave you with something for a lifetime. 
instead of instant gratification. And that's what the that's what the common wrestling fan nowadays they all have that in common. It's it's instant gratification. You want you know you're you're fucking fixed. You want it now, and then you want to move on to the next thing very quickly. And then you know th- there's no time to to savor it. It's like that's where MJF comes in. He wants everybody to kind of savor what he does. And you know this year this year alone, uh, he's had some of the best work that I've pro- probably seen in in close to a decade. I mean th- this title reign is tremendous. Yeah. And MJ- everything, everything he's done in this title win has been memorable, so I can give him that for sure. MJF is, in my opinion, a mix of Flair, Piper, and Triple H. Yeah, that's a good that's, analogy, yeah. A little bit of Gorgeous George, but I'm just saying he is, you know, Flair ripped off a lot of stuff from, I mean, everybody borrows everything. Flair took it to a different level. Yeah. But MJF is Flair in the 80s, Piper in the 80s, and in my opinion, Triple H in the uh, early 2000s. So, and those are, that's some elite company. So again, Max, hats off to you. You said exactly what needed to be said, and your work has been absolutely astounding. Yeah. Uh, match of the year, in my opinion, with Brian Danielson at Revolution. Iron Man match. That's my, that's, hate, still, that's my match of the year, I think. I hate to do that, but yeah. I, you know what I really want to see is his match with Adam Cole, baby, which who knows when we'll see that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we'll I'll start with to you. Yeah, I guess, I, I guess we'll go to... You know, we might as well keep it with the uh, with the Wrestle Dream stuff because sure. I know I know Drew has uh, watched Wrestle Dream. He knows what happened at Wrestle Dream. I covered Wrestle Dream with uh, with Jesse. Uh, I got uh, two hours of sleep that uh, that night because we were uh, here till four o'clock in the morning. It was ridiculous, but um, you know, business is business and uh, duty calls. But yeah. I thought it was a great show, Drew. I thought it was. Uh, a lot of people were saying it was the best AEW show all year. I mean, that's you can't say that about every show. It, it's AEW at what AEW does best. They put on a great show all the time when it's on pay-per-view. Tony Khan, I've coined him as Mr. Pay-Per-View. No matter what the build is, you're going to get a great pay-per-view and you're going to get your $50 worth, no doubt about it. I thought it was a great show. I thought that main event was the best match of the night, and I thought that was probably one of the best main events in company history with Darby Allin and Christian Cage for the TNT title. Then we obviously got Adam Copeland debuting, and that uh, rocked the entire uh, Climate Pledge Arena what did you? What was the takeaway from the show? What did you? What did you like the the most out of it? I'm just going to give it to you there. What was the the top of the top for you that you remember from Sunday night? Well, I'll say the Swerve match to me was very very good with Hangman Page. Um, I like the time they got there. Obviously, you know Danielson and Saber Junior. I liked it. Um, I thought you know Moxley on commentary during this pay per view was fantastic as well. I my I you know I'm going to agree with you here. Cage and, and Darby had one of the best matches I've seen. The ending obviously puts the cherry on the, uh, on top. Christian was a little mistaken, though. He won 2-1, to one, not 2-0. So, Christian, you know. Well, maybe, he inten- maybe he intentionally said that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Whatever the case <laughs> may be. The one thing that I took from the world, a couple things. FTR retaining, I loved. I, the Bucks winning that match. Um, So, we're getting FTR and the Bucks four. for the fourth time, bro. I'm not sure we needed this, but hopefully this will be the last time. Um, and maybe, just maybe, FTR's you know dropping these titles so that FTR and Edge can go after the six man like Punk and them were supposed to. I don't know. Um, but but, but again, remember, remember the the elite or Ring of Honor six man tag team champions. As if that means right. anything, it means nothing. But I mean, so many titles, it's going to diminish you know the tag team titles when they do win it because you know w- w- what do you need all these titles for? But I thought this show flowed so good. That was my biggest takeaway from all of this, is that this show flowed. And there were 
one, I want to say there were five 20 minute matches on this sucker. So think about that. I mean, the, the pay-per-view just flowed. I had the jets and chiefs on because I'm a jets fan. I'm a football junkie at heart. Um, so obviously I'm going to watch my squad, but I had the game on mute. I was really more invested, which is crazy for me it, in this pay-per-view. Uh, so hats off to AEW and Tony Khan. I thought it was one of the best pay-per-views they have done. Absolutely. Yeah, one um, one negative I felt like uh, a lot of fans kind of, I would say, brought to light on social media was the fact that there was no continuation from that great cliffhanger on Wednesday with the masked man, the devil mask, who's underneath the mask. Uh, yeah. MJF wrestled uh, the righteous. He won. You know, a lot of people were like, oh, MJF beat two guys. It's kind of silly and illogical. But, you know, I didn't really, I didn't really, you know, go deep into it like I normally would. Uh, MJF is, and he cheated to win. I mean, he had his feet on the ropes for a leverage pin there. Um, were you disappointed by the fact of no follow-up there from the uh, cliffhanger on Wednesday? Or uh, was that done by design? Because, you know, we don't know if Adam Cole's legit hurt or not. It could be all a work. We don't know. We're, we're basing off of what we've seen on social media so far. But are you a little disappointed that they didn't kind of follow it up on that night? Or are you okay with them waiting till Wednesday? So here's the deal with that, right? Um, was I disappointed at first? Yes. But then the show ended with Adam Copeland. Yeah. So I don't know how you're disappointed because it doesn't matter if they had a small continuation of that devil storyline. Who's behind the mask or the group? Adam Copeland overshadowed everything on this show. Everything, <clears throat> excuse me, absolutely everything. So it didn't matter what happened. And I'm not talking about like he overshadowed the matches. He overshadowed every moment. I mean, it didn't matter. It was all about Adam Copeland and that's fine. That's what it was supposed to be. That's why Christian and Darby were in the main event. Save the Seattle bullshit that had nothing to do with it. They could have easily went uh, Danielson and Sabre Jr. in the main event because Danielson's a Seattle boy too. This had everything to do with getting Edge and getting him on AEW television. It was done Absolutely chef's kiss perfection. Um, I think what we're seeing from my perspective is MJF is having to overcome all these insurmountable odds because he's Adam Cole's best friend. And he has said that, you know, I need to be able to be more open to having more than one friends. And I let, I'm letting my guard down, everything else like that. They're giving Max the emotional attachment that the fans are picking up on and siding with, which is something you would never think would happen. So what I'm starting to see is that Adam Cole is master plan to basically sabotage Max, right? Because he went in a two-on-one handicap match. He didn't think he'd get out of that one, and he did. And he's overcoming all these odds. The devil, in my opinion, I don't know who it is. Could be Britt, could be Adam, but I obviously think Adam is behind all this, um, and I don't know if his injury is legit or not, truthfully. Yeah, we don't know. That's the great thing about it. I mean, if it is a work, it's probably one of the greatest works that I've seen. Uh, I know Britt posted those pictures of Cole's ankle online. And again, we don't really know because there's a lot more questions than there are answers. MJF did say that his mask was stolen. He did say that at the pay-per-view on Sunday. And to add to your uh, analysis, Drew, about uh, Adam Cole wanting to sabotage MJF, and he's looking for MJF to kind of basically beat himself because he doesn't have him there. Uh, he showed up late, did Adam Cole, to the Samoa Joe match at Grand Slam. Normally, he would be in his corner. He showed up basically towards the last two, three minutes of the, uh, of the match. So I, I don't know if that was done by design as well, but that's something to obviously keep an eye on there. And that ankle was really heavily wrapped. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even if we were trying to, like, even, pin, you know, like, kind of nitpick things, well, I don't know if that's a... I mean, it was so... You couldn't tell. Those pictures... 
you could do so many things with pictures nowadays. I, you know, again, I think it's a good angle. If Adam is really hurt, then that sucks. Um, but man, I, I, I don't know. I'm on the fence here. I'm kind of waiting and seeing, I don't want to attach myself to anything yet because then people will be like, ha asshole, you're wrong. Okay. So what if you're wrong? The yeah, great thing mean, about pro wrestling. Absolutely. That, you know, it, next it, comment. it's also it's also a fortunate circumstance that they are the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. And, you know, you look at a pay-per-view like Wrestle Dream, it's the first of its kind. It's probably going to be an annual thing for Tony Khan. A lot of people look at MJF as the, oh, world, as, as the world champion, uh, and he needs to defend his championship. But, I mean, MJF defended against Adam Cole and then Samoa Joe. That was basically in the same month. So I would rather them do what they do with the story and the Ring of Honor Tag Team titles that plays into a greater story than put MJF in the ring uh, with somebody to defend the championship just because he's the world champion and just because it's a big pay-per-view. You know, I, I don't really like that. I want there to be a story behind his next title defense, which there is going to be going into full gear, I hope. And, um, you know, yeah, there, there's a fortunate circumstance there with the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championship. So a lot of people are complaining about that I saw on Sunday. Now, MJF should be in the main event uh, defending the world title. I'm like, all right, well, why do we need a nothing match? Like, He's on the show. He's on He's on Dynamite. He's on weekly television. Why does he have to defend the championship every fucking show? Yeah, and here's the thing. I was one of those guys who was on that bandwagon. He didn't need to defend the title at WrestleDream, he being MJF, unless we were going to get an actual program. And truthfully, besides Jay White, there was really nothing they could have built towards or, and, and decided to build towards. So I was fine with them defending Adam Cole and MJF, defending the tag titles both on All Out, and at Wrestle Dream, two pay-per-views. We are headed to full gear. I think now is the time for MJF to have a world title match because you have from now until November. Yeah. So you have, you know, a month and a half. Let's let's build something. If it's Jay White, cool. They kind of gave a little bit of that. Um, but he got the hell beat out of him. And again, MJF really, you know, beating that storyline. My mask was stolen, et cetera, et cetera. Again, I'll say my prediction, which is going to be a wild one. I think Britt is behind the mask. That's who I think it is. Wow, that's a bold prediction there. So, Hi, Britt, if you're listening. Drew says uh, you're under the mask. I don't know. Wait, the devil wears Prada. There you go. There you go. It's also the name of a band, too. That really sucks, but I'll leave that, uh, I'll leave that to you, uh, you, you, emo, you, 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 you emo kids out there. Uh, not my cup of tea. Uh, Swerve, Drew. I know a lot of people looked at that Swerve match uh, with Adam Page, and a lot of people are saying that Swerve should be a world champion. He gave a world championship caliber performance. I think it's a little too soon to start putting him in the discussion to take a title off of MJF. But uh, that match, to me, I thought it was the, the best of his AW run. It was probably the best of his career. And it was a match that's going to take him to the next level. I don't think that's a match that Tony Khan can look at while sitting in Gorilla uh, with the microphone or with the headset in front of that uh, monitor and, and deny him anymore. Uh, he, he needs to be a focus. The Mogul Embassy is still rough around the edges because of the supporting players. They don't really get enough TV time. In my honest opinion, Brian Cage is fucking great. Uh, I really like his uh, his ascent, and he's uh, been killing what he's been given. But Swerve. Shout out to Khan. I play football or played football. Yeah, he's great. Too. I mean, those two guys are great. They're a legit-looking tag team. I wish they got some more time, him and Toa Leona. But uh, Swerve, where does he go from that great victory in Seattle, Drew? Because that was the first part of the show where I actually felt like anything on the show up until that point finally had a big fight feel. Swerve brought it. It felt like a main event. It really felt like it should have been for a championship, to be quite honest with you. But where does he go following that big win? Does he move somewhere else, or does he stick with the rematch on Adam Page? Um, you know, the mobile embassy at the end, uh, maybe, you know, Swerve and Khan and uh, maybe somebody else, 
go after the six man titles because Hangman Page has that. Uh, I I think that Swerve. Yeah, that's needs a good be, idea. Yeah, I think Swerve needs to be starting to be considered for TNT slash World Oper World Heavyweight opportunities. Uh, again, shout out to Khan. I played football with him. I have. I'm so excited to see his rise. Um, he has worked his ass off, and I I wish him all the best. So for me, uh, I like the six man idea. I just want Swerve to continue. Uh, on this upward trajectory. That's what I want because I think he has so much talent. He obviously believes in himself a ton. Uh, and sometimes that can come off as arrogance and cocky and everything else like that. But um, I think Swerve is uh, one of those talents that you really want to let shine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought that was one of the best matches of the night. Obviously, a lot of people thought that as well. So we'll see what happens going into Wednesday. He should continue to be on TV and build that momentum. Uh, Zach Sabre Jr. and Brian Danielson was a clinic. Uh, I thought it was, I made an analogy Drew, with Jesse that it felt like, because I watched it with eagle eyes. I didn't, I didn't pick up my phone once during the match. Uh, I wanted to really see what these two guys can go out there and do, as I know Brian wanted this match. Uh, I've made it, you know, uh, a common thing when I talk about Zach Sabre Jr. He's not my cup of coffee. He's not. It's just a different style for me. And he's a, don't get me wrong. He's a fucking unbelievable pro wrestler, but the technical and overly technical style is not my thing. What? So what, that's why he misses for you. Yeah. Yeah. I I just, I find that to sometimes it depends on who he's in there against, you know, not everybody's Brian Danielson. So I guess I enjoyed this one a little bit more because it was Brian. Were you a Regal fan? No. Okay. I'm a Regal fan. I'm a Regal fan, but I'm not an in ring uh, Regal fan uh, as far as his style goes. Okay. Yeah. That makes but, sense. Yeah, but um, I thought the match was great. I made an analogy that it was two starting pitchers who were pitching a shutout going into the fucking uh, extra innings, top of the tenth. That, it was a perfect match. I don't think either guy messed up. There was no miscommunication. Everything was fluid, solid, perfect. Uh, and Brian ended up getting the victory, and now we're probably looking at a rematch somewhere down the line. This is the closest thing you're ever going to get to Brett and Kurt, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, that's that a good analogy, it. too, yeah. I mean— Jericho and and Brett too. I don't think they have. Ah, they might have had a match. I'm not quite sure. But that's basically what you're getting. Um, and again, you know, Zach is a fantastic talent. But uh, just like JD, if somebody said you could either have Saber Junior or Osprey, man, I'm getting Osprey. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just my cup of coffee is Will Osprey. But I I understand why people love Zach Saber Junior. And they should. I thought this match was. Absolutely unbelievable from a technical standpoint. Um, I'm a huge Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels guy. Um, so for me, watching this was really a technical masterpiece. So Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he made, uh, Drew did, uh, the analogy of Bret and uh, Kurt Henning, uh, Mr. Perfect. 1993, uh, King of the Ring, one of the most perfect matches you'll ever go and find ever. So if you guys don't know uh, that match, go ahead. There you go. Yes. That whole, I mean, that whole pay per view is one of my favorite. Bam, Bam, yeah. Razor, and Perfect. You talk yeah. about a gauntlet and of three different opponents. Fantastic, man. Even that Luger and Tatanka match in the first round. Oh my God, Bobby Heenan was fucking classic. I, I love that show, man. Um, yes, uh, probably a rematch. Don't know where. Um, I'm up for round number two for Z- uh, Zack Saber Jr. to get his win back. Uh, you mentioned FTR and Aussie Open. Uh, very good match. I felt like it was in a tough spot following that big six-man tag with Kenny Omega and the Don Callis family. Cody Ibushi, Chris Jericho on Omega's side, and then you got Takeshita and uh, Sammy Guevara with the Don Callis family and Will Ospreay there. Uh, that was a great match, but FTR and the Aussie Open, man. Great match. Yeah. Can't say anything bad about FTR. Probably the best tag team on the planet right now doing what they're doing. But, man, did it feel flat. And I said, 
Well, this is what happens when they have open challenges for the last several weeks on every fucking show. There's no legit, uh, you know, story going into this thing outside of Tony Khan booked it because it happened literally one year prior to Wrestle Dream. So there you go. We're going to do the rematch. I mean, you're going to need more than that. And I honestly think with the precursor of the Young Bucks winning their match, it was kind of, I think the fans kind of realized that FTR was going to win this match and retain the titles and we were going to get FTR and the Young Bucks at the Staples Center in uh, in Los Angeles for full gear. I mean, I'm not re- I'm not too crazy about anything that's going on with the tag team division, man. It's quite sad in AEW because they got one hell of a fucking division. Oh, yeah. I mean, I again, I think that, you know, FTR and Aussie Open was a good match, but, I mean, like you said, there's no, like, heat. There's no build to no. it. So, you know, um, and... Uh, full gear is at the Kia Forum. Kia Forum, sorry, sorry. Oh, and I'm just wanting because people are be like, well, mm-hmm. but it's at the Kia Forum. It's in Inglewood, California. And again, um, like JD said, Tony Khan and AEW kind of televised this, uh, or excuse me, telegraphed this. They definitely televised it. They telegraphed it, in my opinion, because I think FTR is going to drop those titles in Inglewood. That's where the Bucks are basically from. Yeah. So we're going to have to... Uh... Drop those Ring of Honor six-man tag team titles. Uh, I don't really care for the Mogul Embassy to win those titles because they don't really mean anything. I think they're better than that. But, you know, we're going to get round number four, and I don't really know, uh, you know, any fourth installment that's going to live up to uh, the uh, debut or even the sequel or or even the the third one. But Give me a ladder um, match. Yeah, so it's got to be it's got to be a gimmick. It's got to be a gimmick of something uh, because I I don't know if they, they do a standard tag team match two on two. I don't know if it's really going to be all that entertaining to be quite if honest. If they roll into Englewood in a singles, like a regular match, pinfall match. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, goodbye. I mean, it'll deliver, but I mean, eh. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's going to end up caring. Uh, and then we got the main event, obviously. I, I thought it was beautifully laid out. Christian, you know, uh, we all uttered the sentiments in the community that he's probably doing some of the best work of his entire career at age 48. He don't look 48. He looks 38, no. to be quite honest with you. And his gimmick you know, legitimately, a lot of people kind of scoffed at it, and they would thought it was, they thought it was a little uh, out there when he said what he said about uh, Jack Perry's father, and, and that's where it kind of all began with Jack Perry. And people are loving this uh, father of the year shtick that he's doing, and he's like a milf hunter all rolled into one. I mean, it's just Ooh. it's fu- it's fucking great, man. I just love it. And, and his work, his in ring work, was always solid, in my honest opinion. He's uh, ha- he's had a great dance partner with with Jack Perry uh, and now Darby Allen. The way the match was laid out, man, two out of three falls, it kind of turned into a uh, no DQ match. That stretcher spot was great. Mm-hmm. He pulled up the the ring mat and everything just got brutal. And then we got the debut of Edge. Man, it was uh, everything was just laid out perfectly. I don't know who produced that match or set that shit up, but uh, that was more one of the more perfect matches that AEW was put on. Man, that from top to bottom, that was an unbelievable main event. Um, I will say this. I caught so much shit when I said that that Christian signing was going to be game-changing and revolutionary. Well, you didn't say that at the beginning, did you? I did. I was live there, and I said, you know, Christian Cage is going to change the game for AEW. Now, I thought as a producer slash agent, all that other stuff, I didn't think he'd be doing the in-ring work that he's doing. I have always been a huge Christian fan. Always. But... That, that doesn't matter. I mean, you can like somebody and then it, everyone takes it as biased. But what I said was when they signed Christian that his mind and be able to produce for AEW would be a huge get. Just like I thought Soraya was going to be a huge get producer backstage-wise. And these guys and girls might be doing this type of stuff. I don't know. But I will say that Christian Cage is totally 
revitalized his career. And that was one of the main reasons why Adam Copeland jumped over there because he's seeing how much fun Christian Cage is having. And again, if you would have told me that Christian Cage in 2023 would be doing some of his best work, I probably would have said, eh, I doubt it. But man, AEW looks like uh, looks like they stole one. Well, how do you uh, if you're if you're uh, if you're Copeland, bro, and you uh, are looking at your daughter dead in the eyes, and she tells you, I, "I want you to finish your career with Uncle Jay," what are you gonna do? Right here's the deal. <laughs> yeah, I man, have a- he's such a bad guy, man. What, what is he gonna do in yeah. that in that case? Come on, man. It's crazy. Like my goal was to make it to professional sports. I worked my ass off to do it. Just didn't get there. And, um, then I stopped in college and my best friend, my brother, uh, shout out to Steve Giroux. I, if, if somebody gave us the opportunity to play on the same team together, I would jump on it. And so would he. So, I mean, like this is everyone's goal, your friends, your brothers, your family to work with them or make a ton of money with them. Like, stop it. Like, stop it. That's the goal. That's, that's, that's what everybody wants. Why are we crapping on, somebody able to both men or even both women, whomever, you know, if this is a different situation, being able to work with their best friends, their family, make a ton of money. I just don't get it. I never will. I never will get it. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand it either, man. Uh, you know, uh, everybody in AEW unanimous, unanimously had positive receptions to, to Adam Copeland joining the company. Uh, this is coming from Fightful. In addition to being around, um, you know, the talent, he's going to be a full-time talent. He's not going to be part-time talent. He's not going to be there some weeks. He's not going to be there uh, every other week. He's not going to be there once a month. He's not going to be Roman Reigns. He's going to be there fucking full-time, bro. At 49 years old, full-time. Don't do that. What? Roman Reigns hasn't been on TV since SummerSlam, bro. Come on. Dude, Roman Reigns... We've been over this a million times. There's a difference between a talent and a draw. Roman's a draw. I know Roman's a draw, but he's also the world champion. He's also a major attraction. Less is more with Roman at times. We don't need you need him on fast lane and payback. The fuck out of here. No, I mean, do we need more Adam Copeland on AEW? Yeah, there's a void over there. Yeah, and, and we'll now, get we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, but you don't need Roman Reigns on every pay per view, premium live event, television. You don't need it. Well, need it. Copeland is going to have a significant presence within the company and has expressed his willingness to help in a variety of capacities. And and, and Copeland. You know, he he tried to do that with WWE, uh, you know, during the pandemic era. And I believe even going into, uh, you know, when they were coming out of the Thunderdome, he had a hand in WWE creative on Monday Night Raw. Now, I don't know what exactly he was in charge of or, or, or what segments he he was, you know, in charge of or had a hand in. But he did have some uh, creative uh, say on Monday mm-hmm. Night Raw. One longtime AEW talent said that Copeland spoke about uh, filling the gap that CM Punk left behind, and that he'll be helpful, and it won't cause any issues internally. That person did reiterate that Punk himself had been helpful to many within the company as well. So, I mean, they were very positive uh, about CM Punk in some instances in that case, but this is one of the things, one of the more important aspects, Drew, about why Tony Khan brought him in, not only to be a full-time performer, not only to give Adam Copeland the foundation to continue to tell his story until the end of his career, the presence that that man is going to bring the locker room, the mm-hmm. the stress that Tony Khan was under with CM Punk, he's not going to get anything remotely close to that at all. He's not going to get any of that with Adam Copeland. What he's going to bring to that locker room, man, is going to make that locker room so much better when you compare it to what CM Punk did. Here's what I'll say about Adam Copeland. Uh, I've had the pleasure of meeting him a bunch. 
Uh, he was extremely nice to my son, took time to like ask my son questions, which he doesn't have to do. And I say that to say this, I think Adam Copeland is going to take a different approach backstage in AEW as well. I think he'll make suggestions. I think he'll insert himself with other uh, talent saying, Hey, you know, maybe don't do this or try this, but if they don't want to listen to Co Adam, the talent, or they just say, well, I appreciate it. I don't think he's going to take the, are, are you not listening to me? You want to fight? Yeah. Like what the hell's wrong with you? Like, listen to me. I, I know what I'm talking about. You don't, he's not going to take that approach. It just, from everything that I gather from his, um, that I, the interactions that I've had with him uh, and the stuff that I've seen, he just doesn't seem like a confrontational. Dude. No, his demeanor and cadence doesn't really come off that way at all. Like he, he's like, uh, I'll help you. If you don't want, I'll just go on to the next person that does want my help. If you don't want to help, then I'll just continue to cash my checks and go yeah. home and see my wife. And kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really? I mean, give me a break uh, regarding his theme. WWE never held exclusive licensing rights over Metalingus as Fightful Select uh, speculated. Why is this a thing? I, I don't know. I don't know where this came from. However, there were some surprise people within AEW that WWE had allowed the rated R superstar trademark to lapse and didn't bother to renew it when it became clear that he was going to leave. Now, you did mention something at the at the top when we started the show, Drew, that the rated R superstar, uh, WWE found no value in that anymore. They don't really, or their television doesn't really call for that type of gimmick and character right. anymore like it used to back in the in the good old days. But what does it mean for the rated R superstar on AEW as compared to WWE? I know he'll be able to get away with a little bit more on AEW. We're not going to be seeing live sex or anything like that on AEW. I know he's well past that. Uh, but you, you guys know what I mean. That was a very yeah. raunchy character. Mm -hmm. uh, how, how is he going to push the limits to make it different and kind of fit in 2023? So here's the deal, right? I said this in a private conversation with a buddy of mine, and I said... The reason Edge's return to WWE started off so hot and then simmered is because they couldn't give you the edge we wanted. Yeah. And I don't need him laying in an, on a mattress in the middle of a ring or an inflatable mattress. Which, in which, was, which it was fucking great. Let's be real. That was fucking I awesome was. television. You know? But WWE has moved past that, and so has Adam Copeland. But what you will see is the you might see some sleaziness from Adam Copeland. You might see some aggressiveness, some hardcoreness that the rated R superstar that he built his brand off of that. He was the ultimate opportunist and everything else like that. I think you're going to be able to see that more in all elite wrestling than you ever could in world wrestling entertainment, because we're talking about two completely different companies, not to mention AEW's TV 14 WWE for the most part is PG. So we're not, you know, we're not seeing the rated R superstar even watered down in WWE. You're going to see that in AEW, in my opinion. And the trademark thing is interesting because I, I'm surprised WWE let it go. Uh, but, you know, they saw no value in that type of star anymore. They just wanted Edge. And I, again, in my, my humble opinion, okay, Edge was going to AEW four years ago. He just didn't because WWE was like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. Vince took a, in my opinion, took a de defensive approach and said, we'll match it or we'll go over it and, you know, we'll do this and we'll do that. And then they got edge and they were kind of like, okay, this is cool. We'll, you know, the three years were great. And then the last year sucked. So uh, for, for him, because they basically used him as a part-time talent, they gave him the Brock Lesnar schedule and I don't think he wanted it. I, uh, I think Adam Copeland always wanted to end up in AEW eventually. And the signing that happened four years ago, three years ago was a defense. That's all it was. Yeah, it, was no, it, 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 it totally was because Vince Vince was never, especially 
You know, Vince saw money in a return after nine years. He did not want Tony Khan to have that. Right. Where, where, where are you going? Like, you're making, I'm making money off of what you've given me, and I want you in my fucking ring after nine years. You ain't going over there to do that. That's a, that's a great point. Vince was never going to let that IP, that intellectual no. property that was Edge, Adam Copeland, to make his return to wrestling on a different company because um, he saw that happen with CM Punk. Now, Punk's return happened after Edge, but, you know, if you lose Edge and Punk in one fall swoop over to AEW and you don't get either of those returns, man, that's a great point. Well, not only, I mean, why didn't they do it simply for, for merchandising rights, uh, the Rated R Superstar? Tony Khan's going to make a killing. I mean, they already have a, a shirt that's, uh, I think, uh, broke uh, shopaew.com the day it went up. Why didn't they keep it for merchandise rights? Because Tony Khan's going to make a killing with that trademark. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Edge came out with R on his tights. Yeah. I, I just, I, to me, I didn't get it. But, you know, um, WWE's loss is AEW's gain. Yeah. My that, opinion. That's and they, they simply traded Punk for Edge. I mean, it's not a it's not a bad trade, honestly. No. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a bad trade. A lot of people made uh, a big deal about his theme music. Some people were like, uh, uh, he should use Never Gonna Stop by Rob Zombie. Uh, I know uh, a lot of people preferred uh, Metalingus by Alter Bridge. He did mention why he used this song over everything else in the post-show scrum. He said, Alter Bridge are my friends. Mark Tremonti, who wrote the song, is a very good friend of mine. So that song is with me wherever I go. So that's very important to me. Uh, and then he talked about, to me, I'm always very musically motivated and it sets the tone for a character and also sets the tone for Adam to get in yeah. that place. And that music, from the first time I heard it in Tremonti's house, after I dropped a beer in, in his foyer, after just meeting him, he played that for me with his scratch lyrics on it. And I was like, you know, can I have that song? And I was out there with, with a neck injury. Can I have that song? And Tremonti said, absolutely, dude. And we had just met, he uh, described, of the interaction with Mark Tremonti. And, and 20 years later, he says, here we are. And I called Mark up and I said, what do you think? And, and Tremonti said, absolutely. The song is fucking yours. The song is ingrained in Adam Copeland's career, Drew. And I've seen a lot of people online. This is what really fucking bugged me, man. I'm sitting in my, in my office laughing at the shit that I'm seeing on social media a lot of people were like, oh, I don't believe he came out as the rated R superstar. Oh, I don't believe he came out to Metalingus. It's the same shit. You're just getting a 50-year-old, uh, decrepit, broken-down old man. Meanwhile, uh, what happened with Cody Rhodes, bro? We got we got the AW version of Cody Rhodes in, in WWE, right? American Nightmare, Downstate with Kingdom, everything that Cody was. Why do, why do you feel the need to change something that's not broken here? Why are these that, people so bent out of shape with this when WWE what, did the same thing with Cody Rhodes? That's what Vince McMahon said to Cody. I'm buying that. Yeah. Tony I'm Khan not, is buying Adam Copeland. That. And, okay, <laughs> let's just stop for a second. When you think of Edge, Adam Copeland, the Rated R Superstar, you think of Rob Zombie's never going to stop me? Go stack marbles on the freeway. You don't. <laughs> You do not. You think of Metalingus by Alter Bridge. That's oh, what you think of. That music hits. They even did the You Think You Know Him. Which was Beth that, Phoenix, by the way. Right. But that whole thing, you when that, for from a standpoint of wrestling and sports entertainment, music is key. It invokes a reaction. When you heard that, everybody and their mother knew who it was. My kid who doesn't watch AEW, I showed him that, and he was like, what? My wife, who doesn't watch wrestling, knows 
who that is. And that song, it resonates just like cult of personality. CM Punk's not coming out to this fire still burns in AEW. I mean, you need that, that the theme music, wrestlers theme music is key. It invokes a feeling, a reaction. It, it hits your senses. And that's what this is all about. Never going to stop me by Rob Zabi. Well, I mean, I, it's, you know, not only is, is it, you know, music that, you know, resonates with me because I feel like, uh, you know, I speak of Walter Bridge so highly every time uh, somebody mentions music. I mean, they're, they're the one band to me that I feel like I listen to the lyrics. I mean, I dedicated Blackbird to my grandpa's passing 10 years ago. So the, the band is incredibly important to me. And I met Miles and I met Mark Tremont and I said exactly that to them and, you know, Didn't they, he they, use a song in their video package too? Like yeah, it was video- cry, "Cry of Achilles" off their first yeah. al- off their uh, the first song off their Fortress album. Yeah, I mean, I, I noticed it immediately. I'm like, yep, there's Edge. <laughs> I mean, yeah. who else is using that fucking song? Right. But um, you know, the music is very important. I was gonna mention uh, Hulk Hogan, bro. You know, Hulk Hogan had the real American, and, and then he goes to WCW, and then he has Jimi Hendrix as his fucking theme. There's Voodoo a reason job. why he chose. There's there's a reason why he chose that song. I mean, I can't, I can't envision Heel Hogan coming out to anything else, man. It just, you're going to remember that for a fucking lifetime. Heel Honestly. Hogan coming out to Real American or his other one. Uh, he's American made. Like, no, you need, yeah. The, look at the NWO theme song. It's iconic. It's iconic. You don't have the NWO without, that music hits and you're like, oh, shit. Ah, Austin's Glass Shatter. I mean, I can go on and on. The Rock. I mean, it's Shawn Michaels. I mean, Bret Hart's guitar riff. There are so many things that invoke a reaction, and that's what that is. And Edge, Adam Copeland, it was that song that you think you know him. And, I mean, everything, the whole IP is over, intellectual property basically, is over in AEW. And that's what they bought. They bought the Rated R Superstar. He's not coming out um, in a Speedo. And he's, I mean, he's doing the whole skulls. He's doing the whole chains. He's got leather, all that other stuff. It's still edge. It's just, they can't call him that. They call him Adam Copeland. Well, I mean, uh, isn't WWE buying Jade Cargill the way she is too? I mean, Corey Graves yeah. said on, on SmackDown, I believe, uh, when he was with, uh, Michael Cole, a storm is coming. Yeah. What the fuck are you what? buying? You're buying Jade Cargill from AEW. They're not changing right. anything. They're going to change no. her theme. They're going to change her, uh, you know, uh, a, a slightly appearance, I guess. I don't know what type of ring gear she's going to have, but you're getting Jade Cargill from AEW. You're not getting anything else. I mean, it, a lot of these people on social media, like, did when WCW bought Macho, Luger, and Hogan, did they change anything? No. No. No, no they didn't. The only time they changed somebody was Hall and Nash. And even Scott Hall was very similar to that Razor yes. Ramon character. Yeah, he had the he toothpick, just, he had the fucking yeah. accent, he had the grease back yeah. hair, the chains. I mean, yeah. why do you need to change anything? Like You don't. Why, Those people need to go stack marbles on the freeway. Why was the reaction so bad? Like, I, I understand AEW uh, going to uh, WWE. I know a lot of fans were upset with Cody Drew. Why was this such an overwhelming reaction and backlash to Edge going to AEW? Like, I haven't seen this in quite some time. I don't even think we've seen this... At this level, when Cody jumped ship, I think more people were happy to see Cody back home and, you know, Cody getting his in the world title and finishing the story and all that shit. But Edge, I, I haven't seen anything like this. Why, though? It's, I, it's, I do, they, yeah. do they want to recreate the, the, the fucking Monday Night Wars in their own imagination out of this? I don't get it. I mean, it's great that we, look, the, the professional wrestling sports entertainment business has never been healthier. This is very reminiscent 
of WCW and WWF at the time. And I'm, for one, I'm thankful for it because that was the best time in professional wrestling besides the Golden Age. And realistically, like the Golden Age was the Golden Age because of the NWA and WWF. So competition breeds success. And I, for one, am thankful that AEW is in a healthy position that they could do this. And WWE is in a healthy position that they could do that. So, yeah, I get it. You know, everyone's like, oh, well, WWE is getting the youth movement. It's very reminiscent of 96. Well, maybe, maybe. But again, AEW still has a lot of young talent. And what they're doing is they're basically letting a Hall of Fame talent or Hall of Fame talents come over, play the hits with some fresh new opponents. And, and the list is long. Oh believe my me. God. I don't I don't understand why people do this though. The one thing I don't understand is why don't you want the boys and girls of the business to be able to go somewhere else, try something new, throw a little extra spice into their into their chili or their soup that they cook for you guys. And why can't you enjoy it? If you don't like it, turn it off. If you don't if you didn't like, you know, um Soundgarden but you liked Audio Slave, cool, whatever. As long as you went for the ride, go along for the ride. If it sucks, it sucks. But at least these guys and girls are getting the opportunity to write new music and to and basically using the analogy to have new feuds and new matches. Edge did everything he needed to do in WWE. Adam Copeland now, Kenny Omega, Samoa Joe talked about Sting. I mean, the Young Bucks. Can you imagine FTR, the Young Bucks versus Edge and Christian versus the Hardys? I am in. FTR Ken? and Adam Copeland versus Kenny Omega, Matt and Nick Jackson. Sign me the fuck up. Right. To get, Edge, I mean, uh, to get Adam Copeland and Kenny Omega in the same ring? Yeah. I Adam mean, Copeland, MJF. Yeah. Adam Copeland, Swerve. Adam Copeland, Brian Danielson. I mean. Adam Copeland, Darby. On that, the, the roster is long in AEW. And I think we should just be thankful that Adam Copeland is getting the opportunity to continue to do what he loves after it was stripped away from him. If there's one guy you all should be rooting for, it's Adam Copeland on both sides of the fence. I will never understand this. This is one guy that you should get behind. He is a, a fantastic human being. And he had this all taken away from him all too soon, and he came back. And now he's getting to write more hits, hopefully with AEW. It's it, it. it's it's amazing. Like, I don't think the fan base, well, that that side, I don't even think they're fucking humans at this point. That that that, that side of the internet and the internet wrestling community, I, I don't think they realize that WWE did not want to push Adam Copeland past a certain level anymore for whatever reason. So he made the best decision for himself because he wanted to continue to wrestle at his age and continue to break his body down for us. He found that in Tony Khan and found that in AEW, and he has a laundry list of fucking opponents that will keep him busy for the next two or three years, no doubt about it. Why are we shitting on somebody, and I said this on Twitter, why are we shitting on someone that wants to continue to grow at his age, continue to push himself at his age, and want more for himself instead of rolling over and saying, you know what, I'm old, I'm feeble, I can't do this no more. I'm just going to go home and sit in my rocking chair and watch my kids grow up, you know, and spend time with my wife. His wife wants him to do it. His kids wanted him to do it and, and retire with Uncle Jay, and he wants to do it. Why is the fan base so fucking toxic? I yeah, don't two, get it. Neither. Two major points. One, um, can you just envision... Adam Copeland versus Christian Cage at all in at Wembley Stadium and Alter Bridge plays him to the ring because that's probably going to happen, number one. Number two, okay, the biggest people, 
the, I should say the people who do this the most, right, are the people who both AEW and WWE do not sign their checks. Look at all the people on social media who actually work for both companies, who are congratulating, praising, saying good luck, all this other stuff. The people who are the most negative about this stuff are the people who don't get checks from these companies. Why? WWE and AEW don't sign your checks. Knock off the nonsense and enjoy the entertainment we're getting. I, it will never make any sense to me. It will, and it never will. I don't understand the. I don't understand the shit. I, I can't. Oh, screw him. He left us, dude. What are, what he are left you talking us. about? Who's yeah, us? What, who's us? <laughs> do they write? Do they sign your checks? Just be happy he's willing to sacrifice his body, or she's willing to sacrifice her body for the betterment of our entertainment. I don't get it. I don't get it. He, I he never will. He, uh, it's it's crazy, man. Uh, he said on on social media. Uh, he actually put out a a tweet, and he had to explain himself because he knew the backlash that would probably come. He's not an idiot. He says, I don't buy into this odd mentality of one company or the other. It's weird. If you took offense to that, take a walk, go get some fresh air, and soak up some sunshine. It's wrestling. An amazing gig, but still, it's wrestling. Relax. It's supposed to be fun. And it's just a segment of the fans, not most fans, and definitely not the performers, Within the industry, we all know that more choices is better for everyone and pushes us all to be better. As a wrestling fan, which I still am, it's exciting that there's viable companies providing wrestling on a national and worldwide platform. If you're actually a fan of wrestling and not acronyms, that should make you happy too. I mean, again, if there's one guy, if there's one family that you should support, it's the Copelands. Beth is a gem. Adam is a gem. I've never met their children, but I can tell you they are just good people. And he and she, they do this for y'all. Yeah. So knock it off. Seriously, knock it off. He did say his perfect world was ending his career alongside Christian Cage. He says, if we could end this together, that's the dream. Uh, and he said this with CBS Sports working with Christian Cage. I sat down with my girls and I'm like, okay, so what does dad do, girls? What do I do? And I laid out the scenarios with them. Lyric said his daughter, Lyric, and then Ruby agreed, go be with Uncle Jay and have fun. That doesn't mean that I'm not having fun in other places, but they know the most fun I'm going to have is with my best friend of the last 40 years. It wasn't until my contract was up on September 21. It wasn't until then. So it was really, really quick to get everything done and get everything dialed in, figuring out so many things like getting with Alter Bridge and getting the music and doing all of those things. There were like nine or 10 days. I didn't know immediately, but I thought that's where I wanted to go. I really thought that working with Jay again was what I wanted to do and how I pictured it in a perfect world. Beth even said, what's your perfect world? I was like, my perfect world is that I end my career with Jay. So suddenly that perfect world looked like it could be there. It was a tough thing to pass up. And he did say, Drew, that retirement was a very, very, very real thing, but he opted to go to AEW and finish his career here. And I, for one, am happy he did. I've always been entertained by Adam Copeland. I've, uh, I've always enjoyed his stuff, so I look forward to seeing what new music he's going to write with AEW. And we'll end with this because this was very interesting to me. Uh, and we all know that WWE did not want to push him past a certain threshold. They wanted him for that initial comeback and then that world championship with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. And then after that, you know, they did the Judgment Day. That didn't really work out because I believe the story was Vince wanted to make it supernatural. He was against that. They kicked him out, which probably was for the best because Judgment Day now is probably uh, better off in the end. 
Well, uh, when Cody and Randy got hurt, they they pushed that breakup. Uh, they basically like you know hot shotted it. Oh, the the removal of Edge from Judgment Day. Right, because Cody and Randy got hurt, and they needed to have Edge basically be yeah. a singles. Yeah. Uh, he said, there was a conundrum. I was contracted for 10 matches a year there. I offered to do more, but to their point, it wouldn't feel quite as special, which I understood as well. It just felt like neither one of us really had any any ideas, and that's never been the case before. So when you look at that, and then I look at my best friend over there having the time of his life at a certain point, once I thought, you know what, I still have a window here where I can do this, and I don't feel like I'm maximizing that. I think that was what it really boiled down to. Christian has been praised by the likes of MJF for doing the best work of his entire run with AEW. And, um, you know, Christian is doing his thing, and Edge felt like that's what he wanted in the end. So who the fuck are we as fans to say, uh, you made the bad decision, man. You made the bad choice. I think any one of these fucking geeks out there that had the choice of being paid and working alongside your best friend, I don't think any of these people would pass that up. Right. And if somebody was like, hey, man, here's X amount of dollars and I want you full time. I want your mind. I want all this other stuff. And I get to work with my best friend. And, and again, it's a fresh canvas that I get to paint on. Edge is an artist. Adam Copeland is an artist. All right. There's a difference. Enjoy the run because it's his last. Absolutely. He ain't going so, anywhere else. He ain't going no. back there to wrestle anymore. This Whatever they signed him for, this is it. Enjoy him. It's exactly. And this is, you know, his last couple checks or whatever else. And this is his, uh, his probably his love letter to professional wrestling. In my opinion, this will be Adam Copeland's love letter to professional wrestling. Enjoy it. He's getting the creative freedom to do so. Knock it off. Have some fun. It's entertainment. Enjoy. Let's move on to Fastlane, man. Fastlane is this Saturday. Uh, it will be taking place at the Gamebridge Fieldhouse in Indianapolis, Indiana. Fastlane, Indy 500. I see what Nick Khan did there. Uh, we got um, a very light show by the card I'm looking at, man. Obviously, we got one show to go on Friday night. I'm sure they'll add something there. But the way the card is shaping up right now, we got John Cena and L.A. Knight versus uh, Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa. We got Finn Balor and Damian Priest defending the tag team championships against Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso. Let's start there, man. Monday night, we saw the announcement that Cody and Jay were going after all of a sudden the tag team championships. I questioned why, because I didn't really think the story was going after the tag team titles. It was more so about uh, getting rid of Judgment Day and the power that they hold over Monday Night Raw. I figured that, you know, there were probably better ways to do it. Maybe we get a six-man tag. Maybe we get a big eight-man tag, some some sort of elimination style. Then we get war games going into Survivor Series. But here we got Cody going after the tag team titles with Jay Uso. And they just removed Jay Uso from the Usos to put him on Raw as a singles. And now he's back in a tag team going for the tag team titles. What the fuck you make of this, man? Because I'm very confused here. Well, I, again, I think all roads lead to WrestleMania with Roman. And this is just... an. Uh, continuation of that storyline and Jay Uso is Cody's partner. Um I think Drew might have Drew McIntyre might have a factor into this. He might fall into this category because he, you know, on Monday Night Raw, Drew was a for whatever reason bringing up Cody Rhodes, right? Yeah. And he's What do you want to talk about? Right. So it's almost like they're planting the seeds and then on Saturday maybe that's what happens or uh, I, this is not breaking news. Um, but I'll give you guys something else here on the show. Uh, Randy is it, Randy Orton's coming back. I mean, will it happen on Saturday? It could, but I would give Randy 30 days 
and he's back. So when they pull the trigger on that, who knows? Um, but Randy's coming back and he's going to look bigger than ever and they need it. WWE needs it. So could Randy interfere in this match and take out Cody? I don't know, but I will tell you this. If Cody and Jey Uso win the tag titles, I'll come on here and say, I don't know what the hell they're doing. Well, listen, I said this on my Raw review last night. Uh, you know, I know they're teasing tension between uh, all the members of the Judgment Day. I, I don't know what's going to happen with Dominic Mysterio and Trick Williams tonight on NXT. They got a rematch for the North American Championship. And Rhea told Dom, if you don't win the title back and bring it back to the Judgment Day, then don't come home. I just uh, want to say this before you get into your whole spiel. If you guys didn't pick up that Trick Williams wasn't supposed to be the guy to win that championship, then I don't know what to tell you. The decision was to take the championship off of Dominic Mysterio, and that was supposed to be Mustafa Lee's title. Yeah. Yeah, so. which is which which sucks because I, I made a video on this topic earlier, and, and I'll, I'll reiterate what I said there in regards to that before I go on to what I think about Cody and Jay. Uh, it, it's kind of uh, enhanced. The, the, the terrible decision to release Ali is enhanced because now you're talking about him beating Dominic and winning his first major championship in the company. Meanwhile, he never won a championship before that, and then you ended up releasing him, and, and he just basically got fucked over. Like, you know, you had all these years to do something with him, and now all of a sudden you want to come up with creative ideas for him and give him a championship, and then you end up fucking releasing him before that happens? I mean, Jesus Christ, the guy couldn't cut a fucking break there. Yeah. You yeah, know? and I, again, I, you know, I think that decision came from management, so yeah, uh, they weren't looking at storylines or anything else like that. They just kind of, you know, did their thing. And I, again, I think it was mutual, and it's unfortunate, but... It is what it is. Now, the tag team titles here on Raw, Drew, do, do you see a, a chance? Is there a potential that Cody and Jay win the titles and then Cody and Jay have an open door to SmackDown? Is that a possibility here to get Cody on SmackDown with the tag team titles so that he could kind of reacquaint uh, himself with the bloodline and Roman Reigns? I mean, there are other a, ways to do it, but I don't really yeah. necessarily like this way. There's a chance I get struck by a bus tomorrow. I mean, if my aunt had wheels, she'd be a bicycle. What are we talking about here? I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's possible, but do I think it should happen? No, Cody and Jay should not be the tag titles. I win the tag team championships. I get it, but no. I mean, uh, the judgment, they need to retain those, and I don't care if it's Drew. I don't care if it's Randy. I don't care if it's, you know, um, they can't get along. They being Cody and Jay that, that no. Yeah. That needs to happen. I don't want them winning the tag titles, but if WWE decides to put them on Cody and Jay again, I would say, I don't know what the hell is going on. Well, well there, there is an open door. I, I like the Randy Orton possibility. Uh, and I, and I personally miss Randy Orton on television. I think his presence is sorely missed. Uh, you know, Randy Orton, he could fit into this by screwing them over because the bloodline Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso put out Randy Orton. The last thing that we saw of Randy was the bloodline uh, putting him through the announce table. Now, he could come back and attack Cody Rhodes. Like, what the fuck are you doing? You're teaming with this guy. This is the guy that fucking almost ended my career. So there's an in there, which I think that would be great. I would rather Cody and Drew uh, happen later on down the line. I would rather see Cody and Randy right now. That's a major program that I think Raw needs desperately. Well, I, I would pump the brakes there because I think that's going to happen eventually. But I think what happens if I were to book it and I'm just putting my, you know, pencil, I'll, you know, use my pencil analogy here. If I had the pencil, I would have Randy RKO Jay out of nowhere because it just fits. And Cody be like, what the hell, man? Why'd you do that? And then we get an explanation. Why, Randy? Why on Monday Night Raw? And Randy says, because you can't trust this guy. You trust this guy, this guy who took all of us out with his cousins. 
and you have a little bit of a uh, Randy J feud, and then you can build into Cody and Randy maybe after Survivor Series, or you have Randy on the opposite side of Cody and Jay on War Games. I mean, you could do that too. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do, but I think the money and the smarts is for Randy to RKO Jay because of what you just said. The bloodline kind of ran roughshod and took out Randy before this. So Yeah, that's going to be a very interesting uh, whole dynamic there. They have yet to tell us who's getting traded from Raw to SmackDown in uh, in trade for Jay Uso. Why haven't they brought that up? Are you still uh, harping on that, thinking about that, or is that uh, kind of dead in the water here because WWE hasn't mentioned it in weeks? Cody? I'll go with Cody, man. Cody's my guy. Felt like Millhouse there for all you Simpsons guys. <laughs> um, minus the glasses. I don't know. I, you know, I. <laughs> it seems to me like you know, as the weeks and and it goes, you know, they go by, and you might be spot on with Cody. Nobody wants him there. He brought Jay Uso over. How could anybody end up wanting him there? Drew doesn't want him there. Kevin Owens doesn't trust oh, Jay I Uso. Didn't say that. What? I, I know. I know. Um, I again. It's the like the who done it? Who's going there? Who's going to SmackDown? I guess we're gonna have to wait to find out. It's another you know you hate the WWE, you jerk offs because they don't give you long long term booking. It's in your goddamn opening, and now they're doing it. So, I guess we'll see. Raw, Raw Raw is actually writing better television than SmackDown. I think SmackDown just feels neutered, man. I don't know what the fuck's going on over there. Well, a SmackDown seems like they're in that transition phase to where yeah. they're you know WWE's kind of like. Yeah, this is our you last Fox. year on Fox. Yeah. Yeah, fuck them. Right here. Right here. <laughs> you know? So, and that's that's what it is. So I sit on it and rotate Fox. That's basically what I'm getting from that. So, well, Cena, Cena and LA Knight, Jimmy Uso, Solo Sokoa. Uh, I think the bloodline story here has kind of died off. I think that's the majority feeling here in, in the community. Uh, I'm looking forward to Roman coming back in two weeks on television. Uh, are we going to get a title match with Cena or are we going to get a title match with LA Knight at the Saudi show? Which way are we going? Because I do not want it to be LA Knight. I don't think you're getting a title match in Saudi. I think you'll probably see either a six man. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't see it. I don't see this, the title match, like a one-on-one with Roman happening with anybody. So Cena not- Knight and styles versus Roman, Jimmy and solo. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's a safe It's bet. a paid show, guys. I mean, you can get angry all you want, but majority of these Saudi shows, the last couple were decent. They really don't have any storyline advancement. I mean, don't get me wrong. Seth and AJ, even though that was a Raw and a SmackDown guy fighting for the Raw World Championship, had some build to it and whatever else. But there's, and you know, I know that the Bloodline stuff, the last show was decent, but realistically, these shows, for the most part, are paid for and they don't really put a ton of effort into it. Yeah, uh, speaking of Seth, uh, there is a going rumor right now. We'll get to the rumor. But l- let me talk about this Nakamura segment, this uh, Nakamura, Seth Rollins, last man standing segment on Raw. I thought that was a very good segment. I thought that was the best Shinsuke Nakamura has looked in this renewed heel run of his. Uh, Rollins, they're selling the back, and it's mind games that Nakamura got Seth to want to give him the championship match, and Nakamura said, no, 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 no. And he finally said yes when the time was right, and he is looking to take the title on Saturday night. I don't think we see a title change here, Drew, but, you know, it's getting increasingly difficult for me to sit here and continue to find myself invested in a Seth Rollins babyface championship run, man. I don't know how you're feeling about this, but I would not mind Nakamura taking the title Saturday night from Seth Rollins. Well, I mean, you know, like I said, everyone was kind of up in arms 
what the hell are they doing? Why Seth, why are they making Seth look like, you know, he shouldn't be the one asking for, well, they're giving you the reasons why Seth, you know, pressed and everything else like that. And now it's on Nakamura's terms. So if he does, Seth does lose the championship. The story kind of writes itself. Will it happen? I'm not sure. I don't think so. No, I think Seth retains. Um, Keep in mind, I, Ricochet is a wild card there. Right, right. And again, there's a lot that goes into this. Um, I, 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 could they put the championship on Nakamura? Absolutely. Will they? I don't think so. I think that championship is Seth's until either the Rumble or Mania. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, the the, the the thing that they need to do is protect Shinsuke Nakamura because if he does lose for a second time in a row against Seth in this heel run, how much value does he have as a heel? So they have to find a way to protect him so that he continues to look strong coming out of this because if he loses clean, it's over. Well, I'll say this, right? I mean, Nakamura before this was doing next to nothing besides a couple really good matches on Monday Night Raw. And before this, I mean, he was basically lost. So I like what they've done with Nakamura. And I think that we make a lot out of wins and losses, right? Um, this isn't sports. It's sports entertainment. AEW has even backtracked a ton because their wins and losses clearly don't fucking matter. So WWE has never been about that. So I think if you do it the right way, which is professional wrestling at its best, sports entertainment at its best, the art of it, we can get out of here with Nakamura looking strong here and he is looking very very strong and Seth Rollins still holding on to that championship yeah there was something that happened in that segment uh last night with Michael Cole Michael Cole got his flowers 26 years he's only missed two shows which is fucking mm -hmm. incredible to even think about but Michael Cole got in Seth Rollins face and basically uh asked why he is doing what he's doing uh pro wrestling uh geeks online Drew said that uh during this segment on Raw uh, they were remembered or reminded of a CM Punk promo from Ring of Honor. Uh, many years ago, I don't know exactly when, how people know this. I mean, go uh, go touch grass out of really. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you. <laughs> go touch All grass, right, man. Uh, he cut a promo that used some very interesting language. He says, and I quote, this is my stage. This is my theater. You are my puppets. And I pull those marionette strings and I use your emotions and I toy with them. Because honestly, I get off on it. Now, on this week's Raw, during this segment with Nakamura, Cole, and Rollins, Michael Cole X Rollins before Nakamura attacked, uh, he said something about how about being a manipulator. You know, he calls him all these different nicknames. You know, he's known by the architect and the visionary and all this other shit. How about the manipulator? Puppeteer at mm. times, but it seems that this time around, you're actually the puppet. Now, fans were very quick to point out the similarities in those promos, and many thought it was a CM Punk dig or even a tease for his eventual returns to the company. There's obviously uh, a lot of speculation right now. There's no real solid clues here, but Rollins has mentioned something about being the best in the world on multiple occasions. Cody has mentioned something about being the best in the world. What are we doing here, man? Are they teasing something, or does Triple H you know, have uh, fun with the fans at his own expense, man? Well... Um, two things. One, if Nakamura does defeat Rollins at Fastlane, yeah, I mean, it, it, there's always a possibility. Again, like I said, I get struck by a bus tomorrow. Um, there's always the possibility that CM Punk is going to end up in WWE. I, I, I'm not going to play the what-if game, but I will say this. Um, if you don't think that AEW uh, has struck a nerve with WWE, breaking news here, 
John Cena will be on NXT next week when Adam Copeland makes his debut in the ring. What? Yeah. So there you go. John Cena is headed to NXT on a Tuesday night. What because could Adam- John Cena possibly do or need to do in NXT next Tuesday, bro? I don't have a notepad here, but I'll. I'll, I'll oh, maybe I do. Hold on. Let's see. I'll tell you. I'm gonna. Dude, that gonna is write- that, that is the most laughable thing that I think I've ever heard this year, man. Here you go. This is who John Cena is going to have a face-off with at NXT, and this is this is my prediction: Braun Breaker. You gotta be. That's the only logical or Carmelo Hayes. That's it. Those, that's it. So if you don't think that WWE was like son of a bitch with edge, even though they kind of saw it coming, Adam Copeland and he's wrestling next Tuesday on title Tuesday, he being Adam Copeland, they just answered with John Cena. <laughs> Mercedes. <laughs> well, you could do that, but, and the other thing I want to just throw out there, I've seen a lot of you WWE uh, flag planters, which drives me nuts. Like it's okay to like both. It's okay to watch both. God, somebody don't, don't, don't strike me down because AEW and WWE are both on my television screens at time. Please don't strike me down. <laughs> you guys are making a big deal about next week's attendance. That building is small in Independence, Missouri, and they're only set up for 3,000. That's it. They shoot it well, AEW does, and that's it. WWE did it years ago. They did it a couple years ago, actually, when they couldn't draw worth shit in some of the buildings because the product was down. They're only set up for 3,000 people. So that the fact that they have 2,000 sold, I mean, it's not great, but it's not like the end of the world. It's not like w, they're giving out free tickets like WCW did. Stop it. Go get help. Man, I tell you, man, that AEW effect is uh, not a uh, mirage anymore, man. It's uh, not a fabrication of uh, everybody's imagination. It's a real thing. I mean, when you put John Cena on NXT because Adam Copeland, uh, <laughs> you know, is on AEW for the first time ever, and all the Edge fans are going to want to see it. Yeah, I, I do think this is counter programming. So, what are they going? They're going Carmelo versus Braun Breaker, and John Cena is going to be in Braun Breaker's corner next week. That's what they're doing. Why Whatever are they doing? Why it. are they doing Melo and Braun Breaker again? Who knows? I mean, but the, again, the fact that you so basically here's what I'm going to give you the best analogy I possibly could. Right? I showed my son, and for all you be like, oh, your kid, who cares about your kid? Well, I hate to tell you, but that's the new audience that both of the, both companies are trying to capture. So my son saw the Edge AEW uh, debut because there was nothing in it that I thought he couldn't see. He's only seven. If he now sees that John Cena is going to be on NXT, John Cena is his guy. So is Edge. So is Roman. He's seven. He doesn't pick heels or faces. He just picks people. He's going to be like, uh, wait a minute. Cody, uh, Cody's just announced for NXT next week too. Right. <laughs> right. So this is what I'm saying. Now you got Cody and John on NXT. And my son would be like, oh, I want to see that. Cause he originally dad, can I see the edge match on AEW? I said, well, let me watch it first and we'll see. So he was very interested in that. But now you have Cody and Cena on NXT. My seven-year-old's going to be, I need to watch NXT, Dad. I need to watch NXT. So here, there you go. Man, I don't know. Tony Khan, uh, he's going to have a tough time there, man, next Tuesday. What is he going to do to sway the ratings in his way, man? Uh, Tony Khan ain't going to sit that, sit down and take this lightly. I'll tell you that right now. Speaking of which, I think we, we should go live on Thursday next week. No? Uh, you got NXT and AEW going head-to-head. But I mean, uh, I'll leave that up to you. Um, yeah, we could probably do Thursday. I'll uh, I'll get with uh, whoever I need to get with, and we'll figure things out there. Uh, Unless you want to do a post show review show, I'm down for that too. But I just don't want to. I will talk about. It. We'll talk about it because yeah. people people yeah. ask me, well, are we going to get a, a, a Drew 
Uh, Jesse and JD AEW Dynamite review. I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to fucking bother this guy multiple times a week over here. I'm available. Call my agent. I'm available. Right. Okay. No. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's hilarious, man. That's uh, that's funny. The AW effect is certainly real. We'll uh, we'll 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 talk about that uh, when the time comes, man. Uh, Oscar, Oscar's on it now. Jesus Christ, is this even NXT anymore, man? Oscar versus Roxanne Perez, bro. They're just throwing shit at the wall now, man. <laughs> Come on, bro. I can't wait till they're like, and don't forget, Shawn Michaels makes his in-ring return. Jesus Christ, Cody Rhodes versus Ilya Dragunov for the yeah. NXT title. <laughs> Is that happening? I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised at this point. Oh, man. God. That's, man. that's that's fucking hilarious, A man. major that's... announcer from Cody Rhodes on NXT Live next week. <laughs> listen, I don't Is listen. Is he getting traded? That's all I care about. Listen, you want to, you know, you want to box? Let's box. And that's what WWE is doing. Let's box. Bro, they're shaping this show up to be the highest rated show of the fucking year, man. What the fuck is going on? Oh, NXT is going to, I, I'm, listen. The Adam Copeland effect on AW was going to be big on Tuesday, <laughs> which you can fucking forget it now. I mean, the Undertaker shows up next week. You, you guys yeah. are fucking killing me. Man. I mean, I'm, but here I'm gonna listen. The AW Adam Copeland and AW is gonna pop a big rating, but it's not gonna touch the NXT rating. Sorry. No, 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 no. NXT, NXT, NXT is gonna beat Dynamite in the ratings, and then the fucking no life geeks who need to touch grass and touch sun <laughs> or feel sun. On their skin. They're going to brag don't, about it for fucking uh, months to come. Don't touch the sun. No, don't touch the sun. Don't, don't touch the sun. The sun. Sorry. Um, let's continue with the fast lane stuff, man, after this yeah. uh, humorous 10 minutes that we got here. Uh, speaking of the women, we got, uh, yes, I do believe Punk is coming back to the WWE. Uh, what that means for his image, that's another topic for a different day, but uh, they all end up coming back, and I don't see Punk turning down the money that they're probably going to offer him, but that's my opinion there. Uh, EO, Charlotte, and Asuka, man, don't really give a shit. Charlotte is, uh, once again, in a championship program. Uh, I feel like it's Asuka's turn to take the pin here. It's like a revolving door of triple threat matches here, man. This week, uh, it's Asuka. I don't well, see EO losing that championship. Yeah, remember when, you know, I, I forget who it was, but somebody asked, do you think WWE is going to do Raw premium live events and SmackDown premium live events? So they basically did with payback besides one or two SmackDown matches, and this is the same thing. The SmackDown Women's World Championship, which I know that's not what it's called, was not defended on payback, so it's getting defended at Fastlane. This is basically a SmackDown show with Nakamura and um, Rollins and then the tag team titles with Cody and Jay. So that, no. that's what this is. Yeah. Uh, do, uh, I don't see EO Sky's reign coming to an end. No, not yet anyway. Um, I don't know who's going to take that title off of EO. I think it's going to be Charlotte at the end of all this anyway because I do think that the match coming out of SmackDown is going to be Bianca and Charlotte at WrestleMania. I just I just don't see WWE passing that up for WrestleMania in Philadelphia. Uh, speaking of the ladies, there is a rumor, uh, Drew, that uh, this is going to be the debut of Jade Cargill on Saturday night, that she will be at Fastlane. In what capacity, nobody knows, but uh, apparently there was a report that she uh, is, a brand is determined for her, and that will be Monday night. Okay, so let me get this straight. They are reporting that Jade will 1,000% be I, on the actual show. I will uh, I will read this. This is according to Mike Johnson from PW Insider. Jade Cargill is slated to be at Fastlane on Saturday, October 7th. It is unclear if she will be on television. Fightful is working to learn more about the situation. Right. Uh, Fightful is uh, uh, going to cover that. And then PW Insider states that Cargill is tentatively scheduled to be at the Raw and SmackDown tapings as well. 
but it is unclear what brand she will be a part of. The early word is that she will be placed on Monday night. Okay. Well, I first of all, I have the utmost respect for Mike Johnson. Um, very super nice guy. I will say this. I Everything that I have been told is that Jade is going to do some main event stuff, not actual main event, like the show main event. Um, and there maybe some dark matches and stuff like that. But I, if she's on fast lane, hopefully it's a contract signing or maybe just like a high, um, you know, a little introduction or whatever, uh, maybe a sit down interview, but I, I have not heard that she's on the actual like fast lane show. So good for Mike. If he got the scoop, do, 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 do they fast track her and Rhea Ripley already? No, hell no. The fuck Again. is she going to do there then? Becky, well, uh, this is why I said, man, Becky and having her slay a couple of NXT women to get to no. Becky and then get that match. No. That's the way you should do it. JD, who the hell are you trusting? T Stratton just had the match of her life with Becky. That was one of the best matches I've seen. Male, female, whatever. Tiffany is headed to the main roster, Raw or SmackDown. You did not send Jade to NXT to have her run through some of these talents that you can't trust. I'm sorry, but they're not going to make her look good. They're not going to make her shine. Jade, and then everyone's going to be like, what a bust, all this other stuff. No, you need to protect your investment. No, no, and no. Jade, no in NXT, no. So who's she going to wrestle on the main road? What are they going to have? Uh, Jade versus Natalia. Yeah, I mean, Jade her... versus Tegan Knox. Jade versus Nia Jax. Have a couple of wins there and then get to Rhea Ripley. Why can't she get her feet wet and just have some matches and then, you know, just have a big day? I mean, who did Kurt Angle debut against? Uh, who did he, I don't know. Who did they be? Sean Stasiak. Yeah, assholes. Okay, okay. Relax, everybody. Let him have some time. Damn. Let her have some time. Hopefully, they, sure give, hopefully they give her the time. But that is uh, that is the rumor there. What she's doing on Saturday night, I don't know. But they're shaping up uh, Saturday to be a, a can't-miss event. If that's the case, and then the potential of Randy Orton uh, may be showing up and uh, some shenanigans there, uh, it should be a very newsworthy show. It was Sean Stasiak, by the way. I was right. So just like I was right with that. I didn't, I, didn't, I did not believe you. I'm not saying you. There's some jerk off in the chat. Uh, and then we got uh, the LWO. Apparently, this is Rey Mysterio, Santos Escobar, and uh, to be determined here, uh, which will be a uh, which will end up being Dragon Lee uh, versus Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits because Dragon Lee was showcased on Monday losing to Dominic. He was showcased on Friday in the crowd. He wanted to jump the barricade when Austin Theory uh, and uh, what's his name? Grayson Waller were uh, beating down. Oh, no, no, it wasn't them. Who was it? Uh, the Street Profits came out, I think, and beat up the LWO. He wanted to jump in there and save the day. So it looks like Dragon Libro is getting ready for the main roster. I, I like this move, actually. I think he's more than ready to go. Uh, I think Dragon Lee had an incredible showing uh, on two weeks ago's Raw. Um, and I he's... He's wrestling, on, he's wrestling on Friday, by the way. He's wrestling Austin Theory. That's what I got mixed up with. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm ready for it. I think it's a good move. Uh, Dragon Lee... You know, let's do it. Yeah. Six-man tag. Uh, I'm all for it. Uh, Monday Night Raw, a couple of news and notes here. We got uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Gunther in the main event. It's so great to see the IC title in the main event. So great to see Ciampa get over with the casual audience. That's what they should be doing with him and having him go out there and wrestle guys like Gunther. Gunther's incredible. We saw the return of Johnny Gargano, Drew Johnny, Johnny Gargano, and Tommaso Ciampa seemingly going to be a tag team. They could realistically build them up have them take the titles off of Judgment Day when the time is right. I think that's a great pairing. Uh, I don't know why they waited all this time to bring back Johnny now in that spot, but uh, as long as he's back on television, uh, I can't complain. They desperately need to get him his old theme back because whatever the fuck they got him coming out to is just awful. And uh, I'm liking the focus on Tommaso Champion, man. What would you think of that match, and what would you think of Gargano's return? 
Well, I mean, they gave them a lot of time. I think they learned from their mistake with yeah. uh, Gunther and Gable. Uh, Gunther and um, and and Champa had a fantastic match. Uh, Champa in a main event on Monday Night Raw, where it might not be everyone's cup of tea. I mean, I didn't think that would happen, so I'm very happy for him. Uh, Gargano's return is good, um, but realistically, all this does is set up a DIY um, reunion. So that's it for me. DIY, whatever the fuck they go by. Yeah, DIY. Uh, they got cut off by uh, doing their finishing move. Kevin Dunn cut the camera uh, at the end of the show last night. So, uh, you know, you could find it on on uh, on their YouTube. They uh, they actually uploaded the entire clip. But uh, yeah, Champa, greatest NXT champion of all time, black and gold era. Uh, I think if we have him uh, anywhere close to what he did uh, on NXT back in the day on Raw, I think that's a major win. And especially with Johnny Gargano. Gunther, man, I don't know what they're doing with Gunther. It looks like they got Gunther. Honestly, I don't know why they didn't do Gunther and Champa on the pay-per-view. There's more than enough time to do that on the pay-per-view without the two or three uh, commercials in between. It looks, it looks like they got a weak show as far as uh, matches. Not, not weak per quality uh, of the matches, but uh, it looks like they could absolutely add another match there. Don't know why they didn't do that at the pay-per-view. I have a bone to pick with you. What? Champa is not well. It's your opinion, so you're entitled to it. It's wrong, but Champa is not the best NXT champion. That would go to Adam Cole, in my opinion. Nah, 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 nah. All right. Tommaso Champa's heel run. You want to box me too, you piece yeah, of shit? No, no, no. You don't have a punchable face like uh, the other guy does. Oh, uh, uh, well, he's like probably watching, man. I, be- I better watch my mouth. Um, what is he? What is he gonna do? <laughs> he's gonna clip the show, clip show manipulated the way that he did last week. Uh, anyway. Um, I don't know why they didn't do this match at the pay-per-view, man. Did you enjoy it on Monday? Is there a reason why they 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 wanted to do it next week? They sped it up to this week, and then they're not doing it at the pay-per-view. I think less is more. You know, truthfully, I don't want a nine-match uh, premium live event from WWE on a Saturday night. You know, six to seven is that sweet spot. Realistically, could this match have happened at the PLE? Sure, at Fastlane. But, you know, um, how about a rematch on Monday Night Raw? Uh, or maybe we're going to get a tag match on Monday Night Raw. So, I mean... Realistically, I think this was just kind of like a launching pad for Champion Gargano to get back together. That's it. Yeah, like it. Bronson Reed may be set up as the next champ, uh, as the next challenger for uh, the champion Gunther. We may get that at uh, Saudi. I think that's going to be the, a banger. Yeah, that could happen. Here's the deal, though, right? So let's just say Randy is scheduled to make a return at Fastlane. And you have him and Gargano. If this match, the Intercontinental Championship, took place at Fastlane, it's overkill. Nobody's going to remember Johnny helped her. Yeah. You know, everyone's going to be like, oh, well, Randy's back. Yeah. You know? So there you go. And that's the that's the reason you uh, mentioned MJF not defending the championship or uh, something else I think you brought up. Uh, Edge kind of outshined everything right. on, on Sunday night. Right. I mean, let's just say Darby won that title, right? Which was the right call not to have that happen. Yeah. No one's going to remember that Darby's the new TNT champion and won the match in Seattle in his hometown. Everyone's going to be like, well, Edge, you know, this and Edge that. Adam Copeland this, Adam Copeland that. So it was a smart move. It was great booking by Tony Khan. Yeah, they're going to add Satin versus uh, JD next week on NXT, too. Uh, they just didn't announce it yet. I'm there. <laughs> all right, man. I, that's, the jet. Yeah, that, that's all I got on my end, man. What do you, you got anything else uh, over there? Uh, pieces of uh, news, tidbits, or anything? What do you got? Uh, I don't, nothing crazy. Um, there was something I wanted to talk to you about. I believe it was, uh, oh yeah, RVD. RVD addresses his interest in doing part-time run in AEW. First of all, do you want to see this? And then I'll get into his comments. Uh, if it's a part-time deal where he comes in and does a story, leaves, wants to come back and work with somebody else, I don't mind it as long as he's not taking up a good chunk of TV time on a consistent basis. 
Okay, he said that he would possibly do it if it was, you know, the right type of stuff. I I, I do like what you said there. Like, I don't want him to be, you know, uh, taking away quality TV time. If the storyline fits, then it fits. Um, let's talk about Edge real quick here. Uh, Adam Copeland. Um, he did say that he was really proud of his Judgment Day success. Uh, he also said that the talks with AEW started nine days before his debut. Do you believe that? Do I think they started nine days before? No, right. I, I think I think he I think he told Christian that he was on its way there about six months ago or so, you know. But uh, did they rush to get everything completely finalized within the, in the last nine days, knowing that he was going to be there and kind of gave his word? Yeah, I, I think that kind of been could be misconstrued, but I do think that he kind of he was there there in in mindset already, not not nine days ago. And do you think his Return run, the biggest accomplishment minus, you know, the Royal Rumble here in main eventing of WrestleMania was the Judgment Day. Because look at what they're doing now. It's it's funny. Was the Judgment Day his idea? What well, was the entire concept his idea? The, the group, the name, the, 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 obviously the music, another Alter Bridge song called The Other Side. I mean, I thought, I think it fits perfectly. Um, was it all his concept? That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Yeah. I mean, there, there's uh, just a little glimpse of what Edge is capable of create creatively, and uh, they are probably the most powerful group, group in WWE right now. And to close this portion of this, Dominic Mysterio just won back the NXT North American Championship. Sorry for the spoilers, but it just emphasizes my point that the this was never going to be something where Dominic was walking out of no mercy with that championship. It's unfortunate that this happened to trick, but trick had a short championship run, but that title was going to Mustafa. And then they were going to screw Mustafa on NXT the next night, not screw him, but have a, you know, eat a pinfall. Um, so realistically, I think that's why the decision was made. So Everything you, 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 you think that what they did with trick Williams here basically would have happened sequence to, to sequence, uh, with Ali, yes. just plug and play. Yes. I don't know why they didn't uh, abandon ship there and change course. Like, why are you going to give that title to Trick Williams only to put it on Dominic literally two days later? Well, I think the story was is that Rhea was away, right? So when Rhea was away, the Judgment Day was crumbling. They don't have a de facto leader. It's Rhea. I don't know, man. They should have just gave the title to fucking Dragon Lee and called it a day. Like, I don't know. Like, it, it wasn't impactful when he lost the title to Trick. I'm like, right. why? Why are you doing this? It just felt like it was nothing. Like, it was so anticlimactic. And now you put it back on him. Who's he going to drop the title back to? Dragon Lee's going to be on the main roster. Wesley could potentially take it. Ali's not there anymore. Who's next? Like, I don't know. Next, he's a mess, man. I don't know. Listen, that pay-per-view was great on Saturday. Night. I, enjoyed the sh- I, I enjoyed the shit out of it. I thought Carmelo and Ilya was fucking unbelievable. I thought Tiffany Stratton. Tiffany Stratton continues to blow me away, man. She is fucking unbelievable. You know? Uh... It what seems, now? It's <laughs> what now? I see this guy's face. What now? Uh, it's I don't know if we're getting Paul Heyman or Roman Reigns next week on NXT. I got. I'm gonna check into this one, but it seems like that's happening too. You gotta be. You gotta be fucking kidding me, man. Roman Reigns on NXT? No, I don't think that's happening. But Paul Heyman is talking on NXT right now. Interesting. Oh God, man, that AEW effect is working overtime tonight, man. Mm. You knew WWE was going to do something. Title Tuesday, uh, Tony Khan's got to go back to the drawing board here, man. Hey, yo, uh, hey, Mercedes, what are you doing on Tuesday night, man? I would change the uh, Adam Copeland match to a tag match. Have uh, 
Luchasaurus and Christian taking on Edge or Adam Copeland and Darby. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't too, I wasn't too sold on Luchasaurus and Adam Copeland anyway. Quick. You know? Anyway, that's all we got for you guys. We're going to get into the Super Chats. I appreciate you hanging out with us. We had 2,000-plus, upwards towards 2,100 in here on a Tuesday night. You guys are awesome. Follow us on social media, at JD from NY206, and then at Andrew Bedella on Twitter. And make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. And if we can get another 250 likes in the chat, I would really appreciate it. Man, let's try and get as close to 1,000 as possible. WWE's big mad that Edge left. I don't know. You don't say. <laughs> they're taking it very personal, man. Wait till Punk gets over there, what they're going to do with Punk. I'm telling you right now, Triple H is going to let CM Punk go out there with a live microphone and say whatever the fuck he wants, man. He should do it in Chicago. Yeah. All right, man, let's start these Super Chats. $2 Super Chat by Lord Jay Coyle. I can see this podcast in his studio someday. Yes, me, me too. too. In Right in New York City. Yeah. Leo Sanchez with a 17 months. No message. Thank you, Leo. As always, appreciate you, brother. Beyond the script of the 199, lots of reports stating Jay debuting at Fastlane. What she does, I don't know, man. Maybe a contract signing. Maybe uh, maybe she gets that takeover spotlight and waves to the crowd. You know? She, that would be a smart idea. Have her yeah. sit her in the front row. I don't hate that. Yeah. Mike Johnson's normally got really good information, so I'd be shocked if she's not doing something. Yeah. Uh, Jason Barker with a 100 in Super Chat. My guy, Jason Barker, always coming through. I've been getting hit up on social media all week about Jade Cargill and Edge. I'm trying to talk to people about stopping the tribalism. People have to start considering touching grass. Bro, it's a battle you're not going to win, man. People have, uh, they, the entire community operates off of one brain cell. Seriously. I cut grass. I don't know how Listen, I, I cut grass too. So, I don't know. Some people uh, smoke it, some people touch it. Yeah. Well, I don't know, man. You're not going to stop it, brother. No. Isaac Metalhead with a six months. I did not expect to see Edge join AEW, but now that it happened, I'm pumped. Also, something tells me he's going to turn on Sting Darby eventually. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't think that heel turn's coming right now, but I I mean, I will say this. If you didn't expect Edge in AEW, where were you last Tuesday? I mean, I'm looking forward to the Nick Wayne thing, man. I'm seeing, I want to see what Christian Cage does with Nick Wayne. That, that they got a lot of explanation to do there because I mean he wrestled he wrestled Luchasaurus on the pre-show and then all of a sudden decided within the next three hours yeah I'm going to turn on uh, Darby here. You know? <laughs> well, Brian Alvarez wrestled Nick Wayne's dad. <laughs> I mean I don't I don't know man. And then Christian buried him at the uh, scrum. <laughs> I felt yeah. so bad for Brian you're going to hand Alvarez. out five star matches now. Uh, Chris Bell with a 17 months. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, Chris Bell says, best part of my Tuesday nights right here. What are you and Andrew's matches of the year so far? Well, I gave mine early, man. MJF and Brian Danielson. One hour Iron Man match. I'd have to get back to you on that one off the top of my head. Oh, man. I will say that that Cody and Roman match at WrestleMania 39 minus the interference was very, very good. Um... Shit. That's a tough I, one. I know. Yeah. Bad Bunny and, and Damian Priest put on a hell of a match too. But I I mean I'm I'm putting MJF and uh um Brian Danielson ahead of Bad Bunny and Damian Priest, so uh a thun with a ten. Edge gets to not only continue his career but finish it on his terms. How that's being seen as anything other than an absolute win is blowing my mind. These marks are ridiculous. I agree with you, brother. 
Nick with a 12 months. I feel like Cody is the only one to sell out because he seemed to make it a us versus them mentality and the fans latched onto that. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, man. What do you think about that? Cody made it an us versus them mentality by going to WWE? Yeah. Cody wanted to finish his story. He wanted to win that world championship. I mean, you guys make a lot out of nothing, dude. And Paul Heyman has announced that Roman Reigns has given him the task of being the coroner of Braun Breaker next week. Yeah, because, because John Cena's in the other corner, right? Give me a fucking break. So stupid. Nothing makes sense. Well, Braun Breaker's not family. He's got a hell of a tan, but he is not Samoan. No. Uh, beyond the script with the 199, another one, but Edge bashed WWE. When? No, he didn't. He, no, never, he, didn't. he never bashed WWE. Yeah. He only praised them. This, again, with this crap, you guys make mountains out of mohills. I mean, seriously, all Edge said is that he wanted to be full-time. They didn't have that for him. They wanted his appearance to be special, and he felt, you know, free. Creatively, he could do more here. That is not a bash at WWE. Jose Perez with a 199. Which one of you is Mike, and who's the mad dog? TNT for life. I would say that I'm probably the mad dog. Yeah. Uh, Edward Lou with a 999. During the scrum, Adam Colpin genuinely showed he cares about wrestling and the business and not just three letters. The tribalists should ask themselves, do you care about the business or just the three letters? Yep. Philip Newton with a 999 and a 499. The E-Drones on Twitter are not wrestling fans at all. They are two-faced people. I've seen a lot of people say some shit and then kind of revert back to saying something positive, man. So everybody got kind of called out on uh, the uh, Adam Copeland situation. Uh, Philip Newton also, Edge versus Kenny Omega. Now that would be a match to see. Absolutely. And you don't think Edge wants that? You don't think Kenny wants that? Yeah. Michelle with a five. Darby is getting a big rub at working with three legends at once. And I wouldn't mind seeing Darby versus Brian. And I was shocked Hook and OC didn't win the tag match. Man, I wanted the guns to win the tag team match. Never mind Me Hook too. and Archie. Me too. Scott Woodford with seven months. Am I the only one not excited about Edge and AEW? Happy Tuesday, guys. You may be, brother. Everybody's excited about Edge. If you got a fucking brain. Juan Lopez with two. Father Christian is gonna use his edges, is gonna use Edge's kids in a feud. I won't be surprised about anything. Okay. Coy Stallings with a 499. The Adam Colpin talk is Jericho interview is gonna be a banger. It is. Ooh, I haven't listened to the good. podcast in a while, but I will I will definitely listen to that one. Will I Ch- like that. Yeah. Will Chisholm with a five. Edge also helped the Judgment Day by letting them keep his music. It makes them feel cool thanks to, uh, thanks for the song, Edge. Uh, yeah, that's a great song in, in itself. The Other Side is a great song. Uh, Jonathan Charles with a 499. Would Undertaker been as over as he was? Uh, you'd think if he kept Bruce Pritchard at his ma- as his manager instead of Paul Bearer. No. Well, I'm not taking anything away from The Undertaker, but uh, Paul Bearer added a lot to the entire dynamic that was The Undertaker. The Young Bucks just put out a tweet saying, Cody Cody and Cena, how cute. You don't think they're planning something now? Come on. It's going to be a good night, man. It is. Uh, Who wins? Us. Yes. Yes. Uh, Jonathan Charles, thank you, brother. Beyond the script with the 499. What's up, JD and Drew? I was thinking, what if Edge... Sways Sheamus to AEW. He hasn't won any gold in a while, and I'm sure he's frustrated. That's a good point, man. I could I see Sheamus that happening. already on his way over there. Yeah. I could see that for sure. I could see Drew McIntyre going over there as well. Mm, I think if they give Drew what they what he wants, which is a heel run, a nasty heel run, and kind of like he's almost like Kevin Nash. But yeah. 
nasty heel. I think that could work. We got Armando with a 9.99. Awesome show, guys. Never fails. I tried to DM you, Drew, for recommendations when I go to Minnesota, but I'm not X-verified. Can I DM you my email, JD, and give it to Drew? Keep up the good work, uh, work guys. Uh, sure, Armando. I'll get that to Drew. Uh, you don't need to be verified to DM me, buddy. I Just DM me on Twitter. What's your at? Put it in the chat. JD, whatever it is, let me know. Yep. Uh, Krauser with the $2. They must have some stars on the show to showcase. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I mean, More there's than... stars everywhere. Billy Sizan with a 10. Hey, JD and Andrew, great show, but it's sad. WWE is desperate for ratings next week. Bring in Mercedes. We may be getting that next week if she is able to go, brother. I Listen, I understand where you guys are going with this whole Mercedes Monet stuff and that counter programming. It's not there. It's going to be tough to beat Cena and Cody. Yeah. Uh, three Kings with the 14 months. Can we get a Gunther and Roman walk by or stare off the final two bosses of WWE acknowledging each other, even if nothing comes of it? I want to see it. I said this about the CM Punk thing, man, in, in my video earlier in, in regards to the whole uh, fans thinking WWE teased CM Punk or continues to tease CM Punk in his return. You know, I was always under the impression that Vince McMahon would never give away a match that has zero chance of happening or the possibility of his of it is next to nothing. So, you know, it's all going to rely on Vince McMahon to bring CM Punk back. Does he bring CM Punk back? It's going to be up to him. I don't know. I mean, if you really want to start taking shots at AEW for taking your talent, you could bring Punk. You could wait for Starks because I think that's happening. Yep. But who knows? Jedi Joker with a two. Let's go Phillies. Good luck in the postseason, JD. I would not sleep on the Marlins, man. Don't sleep on Florida or Miami. Though I would rather play Miami. Because the Braves has handed uh, Miami uh, quite a uh, terrible uh, season series. 3-1 Phillies, bottom seven. Michael McGahey with a 499. Nothing. No message. Thank you, brother. Uh, Fiori's Nation with a 499. What's up, uh, JD and Ticket Drew? Another Tuesday, another banger with TNT. The show is really becoming the show on Tuesday nights. Well, we, we, we hoped it would be, and we are glad that you enjoy it, man. It's the only beginning. Michael with a 199. Were you shocked that Adam got the rated R moniker? Um, I didn't... Uh, uh, yes, but I also thought that WWE had the trademark for that, and I was surprised that they didn't keep the trademark more so than he came out with it. Me too. Will Chisholm with a 5. I'm just ready to see WWE say CM Punk show up on NXT next week. Well, that's not going to happen because I'm sure he uh, has some... Uh, contract clause where he can't show up anywhere for a couple of I think he's uh, unavailable until November. Yeah. Jericho, $15 super, cat, uh, super chat. Uh, Jericho, 8131. There are three guarantees in life. Debt taxes and Drew's morning double espresso being interrupted. Hey. hey. <laughs> it is. Filthy Slimes with a 199. Think this leads to Cena and Roman 3 at Crown Jewel. Maybe. Possibly. I mean, they could. Maybe. That's a good point there, brother. Uh, Salvatore Soria with a $2 super chat. No one called Naomi a traitor when she went to TNA. That's a good point. Next. That's a good point, but uh, we're going to move on from that one. Sue with a five. JD and Drew, you guys are the best. Dialysis had me under the weather, but I'm back. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Sue. We really appreciate you being here, and hopefully you were entertained by the show tonight. Keep fighting, Sue. MGM balling with a 499. Nick Wayne explanation for turning will be Darby forgiving AR Fox. Not a good explanation for joining Christian, but turning on Darby kind of made sense. They got to give us something. As long yeah, as right. it's something. 
Furious Nation with a 999. What you guys said about Edge, I honestly couldn't have said it better, man. I'm not angry at all that he joined AEW. We as fans all win, whether it's WWE or AEW. Plus, I think Punk does return to the WWE. There you go. Yeah, man. Uh, nobody's going to listen. We we say what we say because we, we believe it. We feel it. Uh, if nobody agrees with it, they could uh, go kick rocks. I don't care. Stack marbles on the freeway. Daniel Rodriguez with a new membership. Thank you, Daniel. Appreciate you, brother. Aaron Warren Drums with a 499. If the Usos are supposed to be separate on both brands, why are they still teaming with a partner at Fastlane? Because WWE, uh, I guess, needs to load up their show. I don't know. There was no real star power at the top on that show. It, it, it looks weak on paper. It does. Furious Nation with a 999. AW effect is indeed real. John Cena on NXT is laughable and desperate. And have you ever heard of the story of The Miz being kicked out of the locker room years ago until The Undertaker let him back in? Yes, I did. I think yes, JBL told that story. Yeah, yes. And obviously NXT, having Cena and Cody is a direct correlation to Adam Copeland's debut. Yeah. Uh, and Daniel Rodriguez with a 999. Problem is that people on social media, we all know who they are, who claim to be fans of WWE or AEW, are clout chasers and instigate, and the community falls for it consistently stop giving them the attention or just stay off social media altogether problem yeah, solved yeah. and my guy Big Hodge with a five dollar super chat JD you are overdue for a visit but love the overall vibe and analytic perspective of this show with Drew mad props love you Hodge man miss you very much brother and uh, we appreciate you, the Hodge. kind words man thank you uh, Drew that's all we got man any, uh, any closing words before we get the hell out of here no. Enjoy yourselves. No. Enjoy your family. Pro wrestling is an escape from reality. Enjoy the entertainment. Stop flag planting. You're just Stop flag planting. You heard the man. Anyway, guys, I will be back on Wednesday. I'm flying solo with Dynamite. Can't wait to see what Adam Copeland has to say. Jesse's going to a concert on Wednesday night, so I'll be doing the show by myself. And then next week, we will keep you updated, man, since it's Title Tuesday and... Uh, Monday Night Raw Part 2 over here on uh, NXT. Uh, we will figure out when this show happens next week. It's looking like either Wednesday or Thursday. So we will keep you posted on that. Uh, I will let you guys know immediately as soon as I figure out what I'm doing on my end here. But I appreciate you, man. Thank you for tuning in. 2100. Love it. Love the energy. Make sure you guys follow us on social media at Andrew Baydala, at JD from NY206. Hit that thumbs up. Thank you for the super chats tonight. And go check out all the other content on the channel. Uh, Drew and I will be back next week for you right here on Tuesday Night Titans. Until then, guys, take care and have a good night.